0: Hello, and welcome to the Fit and Feminist podcast with fitness and nutrition coaches, Lauren and Lindsay.
1: Our aim is to educate and empower women to take control and rebuild confidence with their health, fitness, and lives. We have the fitness facts and no-nonsense
0: nutrition tips you need for success with a hefty dose of feminism thrown in. With top
1: bands and massive oversharing along the way, we hope you finish each episode feeling a step closer to the life and results you deserve.
0: If you'd like more of us, or have a question you'd like answering on the podcast, you can message us at Lauren Randall Fitness and at Lindsay Wells PT and
1: Nutrition. All right, let's get started. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, long time no see. So long.
0: So long, wow, how have you been? I'm great, I'm just great, thank you. Do you know what, I woke up with an absolutely awful headache this morning and I don't know why, apart from that I drove out last night and it was so foggy and misty, you know, and you can't see. I Mm. said to John, I felt like I was literally like straining my eyes to try and focus on the road. Mm. Um, And I was like, for the first time ever, I was like, this must be what it feels like to be old. Do you need glasses? (laughs) No, I (laughs) I felt, that's what I was like, my eyesight's really good, generally. Um, But it was, I think it was when the temperature was dropping, but it was like early evening. Mm. So I think just because when I drove back it was fine, but yeah, driving out yesterday, it was that like, I felt like I was driving into another dimension.
1: <laughs> it's been so pretty this week though. Yeah. Gorgeous. I was in Valley Gardens about 2 hours before you were yesterday and you put your story up and was like Aww. it was stunning. Oh, we yesterday. could have had a right
0: nice walk together. Right nice
1: walk. Yeah, yeah, I didn't finish until 2 yesterday two half 2. That's late. Yeah. I love I love it when it's like this. I can handle the cold when it's Sunny and pretty, yeah. and it's like mm, yeah. glistening.
0: That drive out from here this morning, it was like a proper Christmas card, picturesque, oh. so beautiful. Everything's just yeah. covered in frost. I was like, it's like nature's Christmas decorations. <laughs> What's
1: your top Christmas movie? You can only watch one for the rest of the Christmas life.
0: Probably Home Alone. Is it? Yeah, I do like Home Alone. Okay, fair. I always find little funny, new funny bits in it. What's yours?
1: I think. It might be Elf. Ah, oh, and I
0: like the Grinch.
1: The Grinch oh, is good. Now you've given me only actually, one, and now I can't know. think of any. One of my favorite movie scenes of all time of all movies is from the Grinch. Was that the one you posted the
0: other day? Yes, yeah. when he's
1: trying to pick an outfit out, and he's like, what I wear?" That's quite a good
0: impression. My friend Lou, who is actually on in musicals, she does a great impression
1: of the Grinch. Yes, we'll have to get her on. Yeah. I would love to get her on and do like an impression off. Yeah, that would be fun. I bet you. I can't do many. Can you not? Not loads. But if I knew ahead of time, maybe I could try and practice. Practice.
0: Your Grinch one was very good. Well done.
1: Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: today's episode is about um, guilt and shame around food and eating, and why we overeat individually trying to figure out for ourselves if you have feelings of guilt and shame around food, again especially at this time of year when food is in abundance and then you overeat and then you feel really crap about it or you're sort of going off and eating in another room away from people because you don't feel like you know it's something that you can do in front of people, like some of these issues we would always suggest that it's beyond our scope of practice and that like if you have major issues of guilt and shame that are causing you to overeat, binge eating, that sort of thing, then we would be saying, you know, this is going to be something that you need to go and see some a specialist about, um, a therapist about. But these are tools that we use um, generally with people to sort of unpick the why, get to know yourself and hopefully help you to um, address those feelings of, you know, why e- eating is... Um, has those those sort of negative com- uh, connotations from time to time. So first of all, um, if you do have guilt and shame, uh, or guilt or shame around eating um, and overeating, is addressing the why. So what are our
1: whys? Yeah. So you've said that like, guilt or shame, which is important because guilt and shame are different. And yep. the difference is guilt is feeling bad about something that you've done. But shame is feeling bad about the person that you are, which is obviously a lot heavier. And it's a bit deeper. So guilt is like, I feel really bad because I accidentally punched a grandma in the face. I don't know why that was the example that came into my head, but that's something you've done and you feel really bad about You've it. been in Max Spencer's lately. <laughs> Knocking out Doris, trying to get yeah. to the last the biscuit selection. Get out of Doris. I need those pigs in blankets. <laughs> um, and then shame would be like, um, I feel bad about myself because I am a fat lazy whale that is something about who you are as a person I mean that terrible examples on both accounts there but guilt is something that you have done and shame is that the person that you are and that that is a lot harder to navigate I think harder to recognize as well and harder to work through because it just runs a lot deeper and I think we believe those more. We believe the shame more than we can believe the guilt. So, like, I think it's easier to go, okay, I accidentally punched Doris. I didn't mean to. I did it. I can I can kind of forgive myself for that and I can move past it. With a little compassion, a little time, I can move past that guilt. But the shame that runs through you about who you are as a person, that could come from really long ago, deep-rooted shit, and that is a lot harder to deal with. And so... If you're recognising that it's actually shame and not guilt, go to therapy if you can.
0: Yeah, I would say guilt is more temporary. Yeah. And shame is more deep-rooted and permanent. And that's one that probably needs, well, definitely needs the more work because it's something that you carry through with you and um builds. Like, generally, if you've done something that you feel crap about, you can apologize you can sometimes you can make right you can you know do a good deed and balance it off can't you um and I would say like sometimes that also can have a positive effect on like feelings of of shame overall because it's that thing of like re like trying to um rebalance or reassure and um relearn your beliefs about yourself so the more like nice things positives that you can do and say to yourself the more that you can start to work on that relationship with with who you are so I think you know although they are very separate they sometimes can really tie in with each other Um, and I find with quite a lot of people that I work with there may be one the other or both present in situations where people find they are either going off and you know uh in times of stress say or upset using food as a as something that is a comfort or as an, an a way of avoiding addressing certain feelings for example um so i thought is especially at this time of year again where as i said there's there's a lot of food around and it can be quite triggering and problematic for some people to just have some tools and ways of sort of being a bit kinder and more empathetic t- towards yourself um, around those decisions.
1: Yeah, so, so it starts off with figuring out your why, basically. Yes. Why are you feeling this guilt? Why are you feeling this shame? and that? Because we can give you these tools that are coming up with things that can help you with the overeating, which generally the overeating is then what leads to f- the feelings of guilt and shame. But if you never get to the root cause of what the why is, then it's going to be hard for these tools to have a real impact. So you've got to get to the bottom of the why first and not just dismiss it as, I'm just fucking greedy. I'm just lazy. I'm just being this. Because you're not. There'll be, there will be a reason why you're doing it and it's knowing the reason why. It might not be a deep-rooted shame-based thing. The why behind it might be habitual or environmental, which we can easily change, but you've still got to know the why. So figuring that out first is is your first step and then once you understand yourself a bit better because you've done some journaling or you've spoke to a coach or you've had therapy or you've just done some digging then you can move forwards with these kind of tools that we're going to help you with now with the overeating side of things
0: yeah so I think that starts with being curious asking yourself sort of you know if if you have if any of those feelings come, are, are coming up is going oh what situation am I in? What am I, you know, what's my day been like? Rewind what, you know, what's led up to this situation? And as Lauren said, doing a bit of journaling, doing a bit of thinking, digging a little bit deeper. It might It might just be something, you know, short-term, temporary, that's led you to having these feelings or doing certain behaviours. But, like, being really curious with yourself and the more you can sort of know about yourself and... um learn your own little quirks rather than kind of avoiding them doing them berating yourself calling yourself a name saying oh I'm just so lazy or I've got no willpower or you know I'm such an all or nothing person or you know whatever example it is more beneficial to you to actually go hang on a minute no I was actually feeling really upset about that or I was that was stressful and I remember last time I ate a full bar of dairy milk I felt really stressed out right okay let's do a bit of detective work on this and what can I change next time? So reasons why we can feel um, guilt and or shame are, again, media, social media, the media in general, you know, going years back, there used to be the circle of shame, Heat magazine, Really? Yes. What was in it? Do you not remember that? No. So he, I remember Heat magazine about then. Yeah, I was discussing this with, with a client the other day, actually. Um, and it was like celebrities, and they, he had this two pages, basically, and it would be like, she's not shaved her armpits. And would it circle yes, the Yes, it would thing. circle yeah, it yeah, yeah. the circle of shame. She's not shaved her legs, or um, he's got a bogey up his nose, or, like, and it was literally, like, all of these celebrities having bits of them criticised, cellulite
1: yeah on the and back of the leg in. yeah zoomed in so yeah bad. um
0: yeah knickers up the backside or you know whatever it was like it's always or a mustache yeah. like a woman having a mustache or...
1: yeah i even remember seeing things like a celebrity taking their bins out and being shamed for like doing chores i'm like god these people can't just live yeah. but then yeah. we've seen that and we take it on and it's like mm-hmm. right so you're like gone you're not yeah. having that so like, or bad. monobrow gone can't be having that because, you know, the Circle of Shame or whichever other magazine or outlet has yeah. shamed it. Yeah. Um, family, friends, peers, colleagues, comments from them. It's the people you spend a lot of time with when you're younger. That's where most of the comments happen. When you speak to most women and you ask them, where did your relationship with food start to decline? Or where did you stop liking your body? It's usually kind of between like seven, ten ish there's something going on around that time so it's like the kids at school are poking fun or you're at that age where you're starting to read and understand like pictures and images off the tv and the media again and connecting the dots in your little brain at that point of what is right and wrong and then picking up things from maybe what your mum and dad have been saying either to you or about themselves and their own bodies and Should you be eating that? Or I shouldn't finish that? Or naughty mummy having a chocolate bar, or whatever it is that you've picked up from as a kid and carried with you into adulthood, that's that's a big one. Yeah,
0: and I think the next one on our list of sort of reasons why people carry these things through life with them is would probably be you know starts in the later years of junior school into high school, um you know those experiences of being. Um, bullied or being criticised because teenagers are not very nice at times and it, you know it's, it's dog eat dog you know if somebody feels bad about themselves generally that's they're the kids who like you will find will be really critical of others and find have to tear chunks off of people to make themselves feel better um, and unfortunately I remember as a teenager being called you know, oh, you're big. You're so big. Like your feet are massive. Your hands are massive. Which made me feel, oh, I am big, and that is bad. Um, and just stupid throwaway comments from older men going, oh, should you be fi- should you be finishing that? Oh, you've got a good appetite, haven't you? Oh, God, you you hoovered that up, didn't you? Mm-hmm. You know, and this sort of the narrative for us, for me, growing up, was like small is better. Like, small is good, big is bad. Um, Like, women shouldn't be eating, like, have an appetite. We should be eating, like, birds. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, um, what else was there? Uh, I had, you know, that, that comment I said to you earlier. Um, a, a, a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. You know, I've had it recently even with somebody who was in my home and said, ooh, should you be eating that?
1: Oh, I hate it so much. Should you be am that. that? Oh, I'm going to out you. I'm
0: going to out you.
1: Oh my God, that's so shaming. Like, that is so bad. But like, as PTs, we get that a lot. People are surprised at how often people comment on my food and food choice and stuff. I'm like, it happens more than you would think. Yeah. yeah. But when you're an adult and like you've done the work now, you can Yeah. You can get through that comment. But when you're a kid and people are making these comments, or a teenager, they land yeah. and they stay with you. Emily picked up on it because she was with me. And she was like, I can't believe that that guy said that to you about
0: what you eat. And I said, darling. And she's like, I was just like, wanted to tell him to piss off. So yes, no, really? I like, <laughs> But this is, it's not like their fault because, well, it's not their fault. But the, it's, it's one of those things I sort of think where they go, they, they think it's funny. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's, it's just something that you say. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's to not, somebody yeah. who is, because they see, and I, and Amelie was like, it's not even like you pretend that you just eat kale on your social media anyway. Like, you always say, like, you have chocolate and you like cake and blah, 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 blah. So she's like, so how can he call you out on that? And I was like, because it's just something to say, innit? Like, it's, it's, sometimes it's just trying to be funny um, and have a bit of banter, but actually
1: it's lot. not yeah, this is what I'm saying making comments about people's bodies and food choices is never a good idea mm. it's it's not but people do struggle to think of other things to talk about yeah. or things to say so they gravitate towards what you look like and what you're doing in the moment mm. like oh you look like you've lost weight you sure you should be eating that It just like that. Yeah. But and it's land it lands
0: and sticks with you. And it sticks. Yeah, that's the thing. So, you know, you can have things said to you as a teenager, which if somebody said to you as an adult, you'd probably go, piss off, and you wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't give it a second thought. But having that said to you as a twelve year old girl or or boy, you know, Mm -hmm. that it sticks with you. And somebody said, Oh, that was it, my one of my friends' cousins, we were walking to school one day and she went, Oh, you walk like a lump of lad to you yeah and that stuck with me so these are comments you know that you go like now i'll go thanks for that that was really nice <laughs> do you know yeah. what i mean but at the time it just it just made me feel again
1: like i'm heavy yes do i, totally know what I mean? feel exactly the same yeah. I, all my life it's been like about my appetite or she's got a big appetite and oh that. that was a, a negative thing to have a big appetite not a positive thing yeah. or um want to go back for more like from the dinner ladies or whatever and you're like maybe not I'll just have the one jam roly poly sponge then thanks yeah. um or it was like you're able to keep up with the boys with your appetite type comments and then the fact that I didn't want to wear little girl dresses and little girl things I'd have comments like, oh, but you look like such a pretty little girl in a dress. It was like, if I'm not in a dress, and I'm not a pretty little girl. And I never felt little. I felt bulky as a kid. I felt like a bull in a china shop. When I look at pictures of me as a kid, I was tiny. I was just a normal little girl. But because I didn't have comments made to me that I was a little girl, because I was in football kit, and I was like rugby tackling boys in mud pits, I felt big, and that was never a good thing. Mm. And that was the narrative that continued through to yeah. adulthood yeah but we've done the work we've done the work we're all we're right the work. we're good <laughs> we're grown pauses for a little sob <laughs> have a
0: hug yeah anyway. so there you go so you know again just coming back to these lists of whys that you might carry some feelings of guilt and or shame into adulthood bullying uh, those held beliefs because of things that have been said to you the patriarchy unfortunately mm-hmm. we can't avoid it you know you're going to always have a granddad who goes bloody hell girl you can put it away or you know oh the apple doesn't fall far from the tree or oh, she's just like her mother she loves her food doesn't she that kind of thing um and you know this belief that we should be small that women should be petite that we should eat like little birds um and you just nibble on lettuce leaf um you know it's uh, it's bad to have an appetite like let's let 's try and move away from that, but you you have to like know that those things um have given you those internal beliefs in the first place to be able to address that actually like that was something that was said to me by somebody who probably had their own issues that they were dealing with that they needed to make me feel crap about myself and why am I still carrying this through into my decision making as an adult so you know trying to move away from that um, you know relationships um, comments made by partners you know I remember like, my dad saying about my mum when they split up like oh well she got fat <laughs> oh my
1: god yeah. oh
0: my yeah. god that's so bad yeah. wow wow what a man but do you know what I mean? Like it's these are things that do affect people. Yes, um, and, and then, the, you
1: know, the knock on effect to the children that hear that. Yeah, like other people around yeah, that hear that. Yeah, completely. Well, and
0: again, good that I was, you know, in my early twenties when you made that comment, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Mm. Like, no, <laughs> no, yeah. just couldn't believe it. Like it was just the cherry on the cake, really. Yeah. But anyway, um, so one of the
1: one of the first big things that people could do. To help because it's it's generally the guilt and the shame often comes from either how much you've eaten or the type of food that you've eaten, and the type of food. If you can remove the food label of good or bad, that is going to be a huge starting point for removing the guilt and the shame afterwards. Because if you don't call food a, a bad food or guilty or cheeky or naughty or any of that, then there isn't this space for the guilt for after it. If you can see all food as food and that you are allowed to eat it, and you've given yourself that permission to eat all types of food when you want it, and when you feel like you want to eat it, the amount that you want, that aligns with your values, aligns with your goals, you give yourself that permission, then once you've eaten it, that guilt then isn't there because the permission was there. And I think that's what a lot of people are looking for, is permission to eat more, permission to eat chocolate, permission to eat chocolate not just as a dessert, And if you can give yourself that permission, because no fucker else is, and actually even if they did, it usually has to come from you anyway. Like me and Lindsay can give you the permission, but if you don't truly believe it and you don't give yourself the permission, then you're going to continue to have the guilt after you've eaten. So removing food labels is huge. And once you start noticing it, that you do it, you'll notice how much other people call food bad and good and all of that. But it's either calorie dense or nutrient dense, or it's a chocolate bar or it's an apple and just trying to see food as what it is for what it is yeah yeah i think there's still like this
0: um misunderstanding about so i was talking to somebody the, the other day and she said i just feel like i can't do this unless i'm it's hard unless it's it, it's it feels like a punishment um and then she kind of was like um i feel like i've got to remove something But I was like, right, okay, but these two food groups that you're talking about have the same energy value. Like, just take away the fact that you, you know, there's this thing of, like, you have it in your mind that this is the problem for you. Like, if we just come down to, like, your energy intake, energy expenditure, these two food groups have exactly the same value in your body. Like, yes, one does one purpose, one has the other purpose. But if we're talking about, like, what your goals are, then it, it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, if if you're taking in the same energy, it doesn't really like matter which one of these two you choose to eat. Yes, one of them is going to be more valuable to you, the other one less so. But in the scheme of things, like one is not affecting you with your goals in the way that you think it is. So we need to try and remove that stigma or that bias about what that food means to you and why. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, as you say, that, that thing of like labelling things and having these like beliefs about something is really important to challenge and, and work around. And that takes repeated action of reinfor- re-reinforcing the beliefs that you hold about certain things. You know, whether it is a carbohydrate, but, you know, it's a carbohydrate and you'll eat jacket potato, but you won't have cereal. Or you'll eat rice because you think it's more whole food, but you won't eat pasta because you think it's refined. Like, ultimately, they all have the same calories per gram. Like, you know, one might affect your digestion differently to the other. Mm. But if you're talking in terms of, you know, what you enjoy even, what you enjoy eating like are you removing it because you enjoy it and you think that's bad because you shouldn't enjoy food mm-hmm. yeah? so that, again we come back to the like why do you hold this belief about a certain food and then how does it affect your response to it when you actually do allow yourself to have some of it
1: yeah um so yeah food labels big one <laughs> second thing big one talk about it way too often self-compassion Don't roll your eyes at me, guys. I know I talk about it a lot, (laughs) but it's true. Like, if you do feel guilty because of something that you have done, i.e. overeating on donuts, like beating yourself up for it and being a bit of a knob to yourself for it does not achieve anything. It doesn't undo the donuts. It doesn't stop you eating the donuts again. It doesn't leave you feeling good and positive about yourself. Nothing good comes from being awful to yourself. And I know a lot of people think, oh, well, self-compassion is just letting yourself off the hook and it's just being soft on yourself. It's not. Show yourself some kindness and compassion and it will actually help you overeat less in the long run. And even if it doesn't, if you show yourself compassion, then it wouldn't matter anyway because you're like, it's okay, I've over a little bit. Maybe I'm a little bit more stressed than usual and that's been my coping mechanism today. Maybe next time I won't do it. Maybe next time I will do it. But... Showing yourself compassion will help remove the guilt from eating over the long term. Yeah, I think the other
0: thing is this, and I did a story about it yesterday, is that putting expectation on yourself to be perfect. And then if you can't be perfect, that, you know, it's right, well, I won't do anything at all then because... Again, at this time of year, you have that expectation uh, on yourself of like, well, I'll want to eat mince pies. Well, I'll want to eat chocolate, advent calendar chocolate, or I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to have a Bailey's. And, well, I already know that I'm not going to be able to do all the things that I want to be doing that are aligned with my goals. So then I, I'll i not take any action at all. But, you know, if you can take away that sort of, again, bias about like, can you include these foods yes you can completely in your in your day to day in your in your festive season um that if you if you already think again that those are not good foods and you can't be compassionate towards yourself about them because um they're off limits and you see yourself as like if you've if you've had that then you failed like you're not perfect like if we can remove those feelings then we can make progress from that as Lauren said, with about um, you know, how you talk to yourself and your um compassion towards yourself, like being a knob to yourself and saying, I can't have these and these are not allowed and these you know, I've I've messed up again, it it's not gonna help you. You'll make far more progress and you'll have you'll have a much more positive experience of whatever your goal is and if it is health and fitness related you know that's why we're here um it'll be much more positive and you'll make much more progress if you just step away from that like all or nothing and self-berating when things can't be absolutely how you want them to be how you think they should be for you to make progress because you make progress at a much lower percentage of consistency than you think um so yeah. That comes back in again, I suppose, to tying into like that unconditional permission to include the things that you okay.
1: enjoy. Yeah. So food labels, compassion, permission to eat. Another, another one of the big things that I, because I used to overeat a lot and then have that guilt around it and all of that. And one of the reasons I would overeat was this like fear of like food scarcity. Like mm. I don't know why I had that. I was never starved as a child. I was never. I never went without I always had food so don't know where that has come from but I have recognized that a lot of the reason I overeat in the sitting was because I was like gobbling it down because I I don't know like felt like I need to get it in before something happened Mm. before it was gone for whatever reason and so a thing I used to do I don't need to do it now but something I used to do like make sure I carry a snack on me so that if the feeling of hunger came up and I'm like, there's not going to be any food around, I'm not going to be able to eat anything, so I'm going to have to just eat loads to make sure I don't get hungry, is to have that snack there with me. Um, Even if I needed it or not, it didn't really matter. It was just like, it was there as almost like a comfort. It was like a crutch almost to the next step of improving my relationship with food. But that could be a helpful tool if you're somebody that also feels like you gobble food down because you are scared it's going to go for some reason. I don't know if I'm explaining how I how it really feels but like that's for me one of the big reasons why I'd overeat and particularly around like chocolatey type foods but also remembering that we are adults and we can buy this food and eat this food literally anytime and reminding myself like there's shops everywhere there's I've got food at home and I allow myself to have chocolate at home because it's important that it's there if I want it um it you can have that food any time you want, and again, that is unconditional permission to eat, knowing that you can have that food any time. But really believe in it, like you. We're in a very fortunate country, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably financially fortunate enough to be able to buy yourself chocolate when you want it. So, rem reminding yourself that you can have the food any time, you don't need to finish it all in one go. That will then help prevent the overeating, which will then help prevent the guilt around the overeating.
0: Yeah, I think remembering that you're an adult and that you are responsible. Um, because again it's that thing of you know your held beliefs about yourself and what might have been put on you um in the past that then you kind of carrying through to adult life where it's actually like you're the one who's responsible like you can choose if you have a mince pie or a chocolate bar or five slices of calling the caterpillar like you have that choice like it's not up to anybody else to say like you're the one with the you know, the bank card, you can go, like Lauren says, you can go and buy that whenever you want. And if you do have that sort of like feeling of something's going to be taken away from you or um, it's scarce or the other side of things, which we discussed again a few weeks ago about that sort of Christmas being the off-limits time. If like, well, I have this window where I have give myself permission and it's a week long, so I'm going to eat everything in sight. Well, why don't you give yourself a window of five weeks and say well I'm going to have the advent chocolate I'm going to have the festive Maltesers bar or you know whatever else it is over that longer time and you'll probably find that yeah you, you want it you don't need to overeat on it because you can have it whenever you want and that is that unconditional permission to eat anything at any time and not labelling food and not shaming yourself for doing so um, one of our other um, sort of tips on this is to move away from um body checking and body scanning so um again less sort of looking at um yourself in the mirror criticizing yourself you know you might wake up on a morning and feel great because you've digested all the food that you had in your tummy and you you know you wake up and you're like oh yeah I feel great and then maybe mid-afternoon you've had a chocolate bar or you've had a sandwich or whatever and you feel a bit bloated you go to the mirror first thing you do lifting up your top looking at your tummy oh I feel I've, I've put weight on it's like no you haven't you've just got a lot of food in your tummy like move away from that trying to tune into like how foods make you feel and listening more into um like when you are satisfied trying not to eat to overly full eating slowly eating mindfully actually taking food and if you know if you want to eat on your own and you can sit and really taste something smell something chew something feel the texture of it in your mouth and enjoy it again you're gonna there's less chance of you going overboard on that than if you eat it in like that mindset of scarcity and I shouldn't be having this so you eat it really fast and then you make yourself feel crap Mm -hmm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. um but yeah so less about how you look and going to a mirror and criticising yourself and more about how you feel and trying to make that experience positive so we're trying to switch away from the negative mindset and crappy feelings of guilt around food shame around the why's that you eat and how that you eat and, and move it more towards like making it a positive experience where it's it's allowed and you can enjoy it rather than feeling Horrible feelings
1: about it. Yeah, yeah. Body checking in the mirrors is, um, is one women like to do a lot. Well, men probably as well. But I typically work with women. That's who we're talking about. And it's the standing in the mirror and pulling yourself apart. And usually it's like mid bellies or back of the arms or holding your arm up and wobbling it in the mirror. Saddlebags. Like, Saddlebags. Yeah. Uh, like the bingo. Is that bingo? That's like on your. Oh. Yeah. Oh, like with the top. No, lower than that. All right, okay. working here, our way down. Somewhere. Right, but yeah. yeah, I'm always learning, I'm yeah. always learning. So the I mean, shit this to yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's, it's compartmentalising your body and zooming in on that section and scrutinising it. Women do this all the time. Men, not so much. They see themselves as a whole body and a whole human, and now we're talking about like objectification and stuff. <laughs> but this is what women do, and we've been conditioned to do it. So if you find yourself looking in the mirror and always pulling apart the same part of yourself that's what we mean by body checking and trying to move away from doing that and zooming out and seeing yourself as a whole body and like a tip just to stop doing that in the short term is like to literally move the mirror if you have to walk past the mirror to get to the bathroom for example can you move that mirror somewhere where you have to go out of your way to go check your body or are you walking past shop mirrors and car doors and seeing your reflection and stopping and like looking and checking your bum or your arm or how you look like those little things if you can begin to notice when you do them and then begin to challenge yourself doing them eventually they will stop I can't even tell you how many years I would wake up on a morning go to my full length mirror lift up my top do the ab check put it down carry on my day like it was so natural like brushing my teeth started your day with it was it a habit start my day with it I'm trying to think how long and I'm talking like 15 years maybe like every day that was a blooming habit that was set so it takes practice to go, and what, what, what would happen is I would walk to the bedroom, look, go to the mirror, and I'd go to pull up my top, and they're like, wait, I said I wasn't going to do this anymore, so I just wouldn't, and I'd walk away. Yes, my body would feel cringy and uncomfortable because I hadn't done my, my habit for that morning, but I was like, no, I, want, I know how I want to feel, and I don't want to do that. So then it became, I'd walk to the mirror and not lift it up, then it became like, I would just walk to the mirror and just be like, I don't really know why I'm in here, until the point where I'm like, I'm not going to the mirror anymore. There are days where I don't look in the mirror, apart from literally brushing... I think I only look in the mirror to brush my teeth now, but it, it that took practice. It takes time mm-hmm. to get yourself out of the habit of body checking.
0: Yeah, well, it takes time to get yourself out of the habit of anything if you've been yeah. doing it for a long time, doesn't it? So, again, yeah. yeah, that's where that self-compassion and a bit of patience comes in, we were discussing last week. Yeah. So I think we've got all our whys on here, so let's just go over them. So, first of all, um, if you have feelings of guilt shame negativity around food have a little thing. be curious about where does it come from and you can use journaling um just self-assessment a little bit of mindfulness um even yeah yeah a little bit of you know breath work sitting meditation even um and i know meditation typically you would be going well you've got to try and empty your brain well try emptying your brain like it doesn't happen does it but mm-hmm. just allowing thoughts to come up and there might be just a little light bulb of like ah, oh, hang on a minute yeah and it would trigger a thought that you go oh that's um, interesting. i'm i'm going to hold on to that and as lauren said if this is a, a something that is really problematic in your life um go and see somebody um who specializes in um overeating um binge eating disorders uh and other disordered eating um and then we have unconditional permission to eat, self-compassion, so just trying, and it sounds, I know it sounds like, oh, just try and be not nicer to yourself, like, it does take practice, and it's not hippy-dippy, like, soft, um, fluffy, you know, we don't have to be being horrible to ourselves to f- make progress, like, that is probably the the last thing that you want to be doing. Yeah. Um, you know, we, if we can be nice to ourselves and, and think, like, growth mindset and um, healing, um, we're going to get a lot further in, in, our, in our lives. Yeah. Um, food next. labels.
1: Yep. Food labelling, removing the goods and the bads, etc. Challenging your negative thinking. And that's not just about yourself and food, but challenging your negative thinking on all areas of life will leave you feeling more positive about everything and so we've not really touched on this massively but if you are quite negative in your life about your job your career your relationships your kids your life everything's just a little bit negative that could take some (laughs) take a little bit of work but it will help you with your relationship with food and the feelings of guilt because then you're not so negative on yourself about the things that you're doing and the food that you've eaten so if you could challenge your negative thinking in other areas of life as well that will translate into this as well um and moving away from appearance-based goals, moving away from body checking. I think that was all of them.
0: Yeah, it is, yeah.
1: So, yeah, your appearance-based goals
0: obviously are, like, you go in, I want to be a size 10, or I'll be happy when I've got a six-pack, or I'll be happy when I haven't got bingo wings, or mm. saddlebags, and that, focusing in on um, specific areas of your body that you don't like necessarily and as Lauren said zoom out see yourself as a whole person um and also move away from like getting on the scale move away from like numbers based um goals and focus more again in on that like how do I feel around food have I ticked my boxes of getting out for a walk getting out in the you know lovely blue sky and gorgeous scenery that's around us right now um Am I drinking enough water? Have I had some protein? Like, am I eating fibre? Am I getting good sleep? Am I managing my caffeine intake? Like all of these things that have a massive knock on effect to your whole life. Focus on those things and the rest will fall into place.
1: Yeah. 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 Time for lunch. I'm so hungry. I'm really hungry. My belly's oh, been making all sorts of noises. I know. <laughs> right. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Love so, you bye. Love you bye.